This is the Cancer Radio Network. Coming up on this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast, presented by Coloplast. I mean, to me, hope is the most important thing because even when the pain is severe and I can't move, I think, well, maybe tomorrow will be better. And that's what gets me through some of the things that I've gone through. And to me, hope is a big thing. If I don't have hope, then that's akin to letting the disease take over my body. Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, presented by Coloplast, offering stories of information, inspiration, and hope to those affected by colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to episode 64 of the Colon Cancer Podcast, presented by Coloplast. Thank you so much for joining me. I didn't make a big deal of it, but... I think it's important to point out that we recently celebrated our two-year anniversary with the Colon Cancer Podcast. When I launched this thing, I had no idea that uh, the success and the the impact that we've been able to have on our audience, but we couldn't do that without your loyalty and your support, and I want you to know how much I truly appreciate uh, you getting us this far, and uh, we have a lot of great things plan coming up in the future, which I'll share with you just in a few minutes. You also heard me talk in recent episodes about the podcasting conference, PodFest, uh, that I attended in Orlando back in February. And one of the great things about that conference was I got to meet so many incredible people, so many people that are doing amazing podcasts. And I wanted to highlight three of them that I want to highly recommend that you go and take a listen to because I'm convinced that uh, these three podcasts can help our patients, our survivors, our caregivers who need a little help in the areas of, uh, of sleeplessness, uh, stress, anxiety, those things that we all deal with. One of them is my new friend, Drew Ackerman, who has the Sleep With Me podcast. And you can find, uh, just go into the iTunes podcast app or Stitcher if you use an Android device and look up the Sleep With Me podcast. It can be found at sleepwithmepodcast.com as well. And Drew has put together this podcast that at this point has been downloaded and listened to by millions. That is not an exaggeration. Millions of people. He's had people write into his show and tell him that his show has done such an amazing job at helping get them to sleep that they've been able to go off of their prescription medication. Stop and think about that for for a minute. How incredible is that, that Drew and uh, what he's done with his Sleep With Me podcast and what it is, and it's difficult for me to describe, I'm just going to tell you the best thing to do is just listen to it. Just listen to it, listen to an entire episode. But basically, it's bedtime stories for adults. And these are stories that will take your mind off of whatever's causing you anxiety, causing you to ruminate, causing you to not fall asleep. And I challenge you to see if you can listen to an episode uh, from start to finish and not fall asleep yourself. So 
Uh, be careful, as my friend Chris said, this is not a podcast you want to be listening to while you're driving because uh, it truly could put you to sleep. So check out the Sleep With Me podcast. If you have an ostomy and are experiencing leakage, that is not normal and you don't have to live with leakage. Feeling secure is important to be able to do the things you enjoy without worrying that you may have to deal with an embarrassing leak. Skin-friendly Brava Elastic Barrier Strips from Coloplast are designed to prevent the edges of your barrier from lifting and help to keep your barrier securely in place. They are elastic and are designed to move with you as you bend and stretch. The innovative Brava Elastic Barrier Strips from Coloplast are a skin-friendly alternative to tape and are available for you to try today. Don't let leakage rule the day. Call one 855 430-9500 today to receive a free sample of Brava Elastic Barrier Strips. Another podcast I want to point you towards is my friend Bruce Langford has mindfulnessmode.com. Mindfulnessmode.com. And Bruce was kind enough to interview me on his show for episode number 200. So if you want to check that out, you can find my uh, interview on Bruce's show uh, the Mindfulness Mode podcast, and uh, Bruce teaches how mindfulness, being in the moment, focusing on what's in front of you right now, can help you uh, with your stress, with anxiety, with those things that uh, those of us that are dealing with colorectal cancer and the challenges that we face how this can help you with the stress and anxiety. And I did have the opportunity, Bruce was kind enough uh, to come on my show and he'll be coming up in a future episode here on the Colon Cancer Podcast. So stay tuned for Bruce Langford from the Mindfulness Mode Podcast and check him out at mindfulnessmode.com. And you can also find his podcast as well on iTunes and on Stitcher, whatever other platforms you're using to listen to uh, podcasts on. And the third one is my new friend, Shell Hamilton. And Shell spells her name C-H-E-L. And you can find Shell at shellhamilton.com. Shell is a uh, certified uh, uh, psychotherapist. Her areas of expertise are in the areas of hypnosis, uh, meditation. She helps people with stress and anxiety. And her podcast, too, is wildly successful. She, too, has had millions of listeners. Uh, she does these short meditation podcasts. They run, uh, I listened to one recently, it was about 15 minutes. It's a great way if you're new to meditation or have thought about it and really don't know how to get started. All you need to do is just put on your earbuds. Listen to uh, Shell Hamilton's uh, meditation podcast. You can find her at shellhamilton.com. And just look up Shell, C-H-E-L, Hamilton on iTunes or Stitcher as well. And, you know, whether you're sitting there in the chemo chair or you're just needing to just chill and relax for a little bit, 
Her voice is incredibly soothing and she uses breathing and meditation to help relieve stress and anxiety. So can't recommend Shell's podcast enough either. And she too has been gracious enough to come on to the Colon Cancer podcast. So she'll be coming on our show here in a future episode. Can't wait to interview Shell and share her tips uh, with our audience on how you too can use these short meditations to relieve stress and anxiety. If you have an ostomy or are undergoing chemotherapy, you know at times it can be a struggle to stay hydrated. That's where H2ORS can help. H2ORS is an oral rehydration solution, which is an over-the-counter electrolyte drink mix for dehydration. H2ORS is a medically accepted alternative to IV hydration. So for those of you who are struggling to stay hydrated due to an ostomy or chemotherapy, H2ORS can help replenish your fluid and electrolyte levels. It has three times the electrolytes of most sports drinks without the excess sugar, artificial flavors, or artificial colors. If you would like to try a free sample of H2ORS, go to h2ors.com sample and they'll ship one out to you. No strings or hidden costs attached. Also, when you make your first purchase at h2ors.com, if you use the code CCPOD, you will get 10% off your first order. Several interesting events coming up in the colon cancer community. A couple of forums and webinars coming up on Saturday, April the 8th for our folks uh, in the Massachusetts area. There's an interesting uh, forum coming up on Saturday, April the 8th from 9 to 3 at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. This is co-sponsored Dana-Farber and the Colon Cancer Alliance. It's an educational event for patients and their loved ones. You can learn more about this forum that uh, is taking place again on Saturday, April the 8th from 9 until 3. Learn more about it at the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. Then a really interesting webinar coming up. Boy, all of us need to tune into this one. This is coming up on Tuesday evening, April the 18th from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And this one is about finding clinical trials, something anybody that's touched by colorectal cancer should learn more about. Uh, If you've ever felt overwhelmed by trying to find a clinical trial, if you've ever been afraid to try Uh, The first thing that comes to mind when you think of a clinical trial is white lab mice. Well, you're not alone. And the good news is, is that a clinical trial could be your next best treatment option. Clinical trials are transforming the treatment and long-term survivorship landscapes, but they depend on patients like you. So we're launching a state-of-the-art clinical trials finder that will make it easier to match your diagnosis with trials, as well as connect with other patients who have gone through or are going through the same study. So join us to learn what the different phases of clinical trials and why knowing them is important, as well as how to use this exciting new tool. Register for this webinar on the Colon Cancer Alliance website, again at ccalliance.com. Org. Again, that's taking place Tuesday evening, April the 18th from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. 
and we can't get through a month, uh, particularly when we're in the spring and summer months, even the fall, without giving you an opportunity to do a little exercise, a little running, a little walking. And coming up on April the 29th, the last Saturday of April, our good friends down in Nashville will get the chance to take part in the Rock and Roll Marathon Series taking place in downtown Nashville at 8th Avenue and Broadway. Learn more about the Rock and Roll Marathon Series uh, by visiting the Colon Cancer Alliance website. And on the same day, for our good friends up in Buffalo, uh, we have the Buffalo Undie Run Walk, the 5K run, the one-mile walk, taking place also on Saturday, April 29th from 9 a.m. to 10.30 at Amherst Colvin Green Space in Buffalo, New York. Learn more about this and all of the other exciting events taking place by visiting the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. I want to welcome and say thank you to our newest sponsor, Exact Sciences, manufacturer of ColoGuard. ColoGuard is the first and only FDA-approved, non-invasive, stool DNA-based colon cancer screening test. It's for patients 50 and older at average risk of colon cancer. ColoGuard is shipped directly to you where you can provide a sample in the comfort of your own home and ship it back to the lab, postage prepaid. ColoGuard is not for everyone. It is not a replacement for diagnostic or surveillance colonoscopy in high-risk individuals. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. ColoGuard is available by prescription only. Ask your doctor if ColoGuard is right for you. Find out more information by visiting their website at cologuardtest.com. My guest this week is Monica Hernandez. Many of you may know Monica by her online moniker, moniker for Monica, by her online moniker, Whimsy the Blue Cancer Fairy. Uh, that is Monica's online moniker. That's the name of her Facebook page. That is her Instagram handle, her Twitter handle. And Monica talked to me about her life dealing with chronic disease. She was initially diagnosed with FAP at the age of 15. She has also faced the challenge of uh, thyroid cancer, desmoid tumor, and um, has found a way to uh, focus on my favorite four-letter word, and that's hope. So join me now for my interesting conversation with Monica Hernandez. Hi, Monica. Welcome to the show. How are you feeling today? Very well, and thank you for having me. You're welcome. I, I know when I talk to people like yourself who deal with chronic situations, that question is a day-to-day thing, mm-hmm. and uh, and I know that's the reason why we actually had to postpone our original recording, so I just wanted to see how things were today. Oh, today's a good pain day, and I mean, I just focus on today and right now, and that's it. Well, we're going to get there because I'm very interested in how you look at life, how you look at your uh, your diseases and, and, and those kinds of things. But uh, just briefly, bring the listeners and I up to speed as to uh, where, where you are and where you've come from in terms of uh, what you've been dealing with uh, physically. Well, when I was about 15, I was diagnosed with familial adenomatosis polyposis, and I had my surgery probably about six months after I was diagnosed. Since then, I've had 
over two dozen surgeries. We kind of lost count somewhere. And I'm now uh, completely disabled because of all the surgeries, chronic pain and side effects from all the surgeries and the treatments. And I've also you know, battled uh, thyroid cancer. I've had desmoid tumors. I've just had a bad run of luck lately. <laughs> <laughs> but I still hear you chuckling a little in the background. Oh, yeah. I mean, the way I see it, it's kind of, if I don't laugh about it, then I just start getting depressed. And depression is not a good thing to go through when, you know, every day it's a day-to-day -day battle just to get out of bed. So to me, it's laughing instead of crying. So tell us about uh, your your recent challenge in terms of your cancer and uh, and how that came to be and, and, and where you are right now with that. Well, they had I was diagnosed with a desmoid tumor, which now they're seeing whether it is a desmoid. And uh, it whatever it is, they can't really diagnose it without surgery. So we're in a holding pattern, and I just try to deal with the pain and all the side effects and the nausea and it gets difficult, but I'm getting a pretty good support system here. Good. Well, I want to talk about that because you made a really dramatic, life-changing decision to address these health challenges, and you moved a long way from home, didn't you? Yes. Uh, like I keep telling people, it's 1,800 miles away, and it's like a complete change, I mean, from warm South Texas weather to actually seeing snow. <laughs> <laughs> so you moved from San Antonio to where? To Scranton, Pennsylvania. And what brought you to Scranton? Well, when they diagnosed me with the Desmoid, it, it took, I think they diagnosed me, and it was a year and a half later, and I still couldn't even get in to see an oncologist about it. So finally, I just decided... I'm going to move with a friend of mine up here. There's a lot of specialists here. There's actually a lot of people with FAP in this area. So I figured I'll have a better chance. And I think it probably took us, once the insurance got straightened out, I saw an oncologist within a week. So, I mean, it, it's, it was worth the move. That's a pretty dramatic step, though. Yeah, but... I mean, at that point, my doctor was telling me that if I didn't get some type of care, that it would probably kill me. So that was a pretty good motivation to, to find treatment. <laughs> sure, sure. But as I was reading your blog and, and, and looking at uh, uh, your numerous posts online, uh, what I admire is, is, is most of the time you find a way to find the positive in things. And I noticed the, the big positive that was a piece of this move was you didn't only do it for your physical health, but you did it for love too, didn't you? Yes. Uh, I was lucky enough through my cancer page to find a fellow writer that had gone through a lot of things that I have. And uh, we just clicked and a year and a half later, we're engaged and we're planning our wedding for June 24th in Texas. How fantastic is that? Wow. So this oh, yeah, was... I got very lucky. 
I'm all about it. I'm all about when when love can come our way and help us through. Yes, uh, that's fantastic. And so his name is? His name is Stefano Siren. And you actually met online? Yes, I had my, at the time I had my cancer page only, and he had a writer's page. And we just clicked when I shared some of his poetry. And poetry has become part of uh, of what you do. I see a whole artistic side, and I've got so many questions there. But since you talked about poetry, let's start there. Uh, how long have you been writing, and how, why did you get into it? Uh, well, actually, my mom has, like, Mother's Day and birthday cards from when I was about eight or nine that I wrote little poems for her. And actually, it was my oldest sister, Melissa, that she's the one that, taught me to write, to express myself. And the best way for me to do that is through writing. So it just seemed that that was the perfect way to chronicle my life. And your online persona, uh, the <laughs> whims- yeah, whimsy, where did whimsy, the blue cancer fairy come from? Well, the thing is, I figured, but what better way to get attention than creating a character. And as I am very, I go to Renaissance festivals, I go to cosplay conventions. So I figured a fairy, you know, a cancer fairy, that's unique. And when you have a five, no, a three foot wingspan with the name of cancer survivors on it, it gets attention. So you oh, get I've got to see people. a picture of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and actually, the wings are back in Texas because they're kind of hard to transport. So we'll have to wait till we move everything over. Mm-hmm. So do your friends still call you whimsy? Uh, I have a few friends that do call me that. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the poems that you recently posted on Facebook is called Warrior. Yes. And there's, I want to ask you about that because I found it interesting. You use the term, obviously, warrior, fighter. And there's a lot of people that I've spoken to that don't like those terms yes. mm-hmm. because they imply uh, fighting and, and battling. And when you talk about battling, there's a winner and a loser. And so many times, as you know, when someone leaves this earth because of their disease, you see the terms, quote, they lost their battle. Yes. Um, obviously, you have a different opinion, I'm assuming, just based on what I read in your poem. Tell tell me about that. Well, the way I see it is I have a disease that I've been, I was born with. I mean, it wasn't environmental factors. It, I mean, I keep hearing people telling me, if you change your diet, you know, you wouldn't be sick. No, it. I was born with this. I will never be cured. I mean, I will always have health problems. And to me, every day that I get up, that's a battle I've won against my body. That it's it's kind of like, uh, it's hard to describe. I mean, I've been fighting this since I was 15 years old, and that's been 30 years. And I've averaged... Well, there was one year I had seven surgeries in one year. And I just have to use that mentality that, yes, I'm a warrior against my disease. And to me, we don't lose our battle. 
I mean, right now we're in a draw. I'm in a draw with my battle. <laughs> but, you know, it's, I do hate hearing when they say, you know, that they lost their battle. And I've actually made posts about that. And I don't know, it's kind of hard to describe. That's what works for me. And it doesn't work for other people. And I understand that. And I, I respect their decision. But I do what's best for me. It sounds like, you, from what I'm hearing, though, from you, Monica, that you use it almost as a, as motivation. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I do do that. Um, I mean, I've also had my fiancé that has written poetry similar to what I write, you know, to remind me to keep fighting, to enjoy every day. So I, I think I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> it, it works for you. Yes, it does. Okay. It gives me motivation. You're not the first person, Monica, that I've interviewed that has dealt with a chronic situation for quite some time. And I imagine at some point someone's going to come upon our conversation uh, on this podcast uh, in a similar uh, place as, as you've been all your life that may not be at this point able to see the forest from the trees, so to speak. Uh, words of advice for someone that might be struggling a little bit just based on your experience and what you've been through? Well, actually, I wound up writing a little piece called Whimsy's Rules, and that kind of states how I try to live my life. Like, one of them is enjoy the butterfly moments, which to me it can be as simple as just playing with our cat. And those are the rules I try to follow to help me deal with everything and to fight the depression. I mean, sometimes I'll forget, but that's where my support system comes in, that they remind me that, you know, there's a reason you're doing this. There's a reason you're here. And it's hard to see sometimes, but it helps. What are some of the other rules besides enjoy the butterfly moments, which I love that. The very first one, it's kind of like my mantra. It's there's always hope. I mean, to me, hope is the most important thing because even when the pain is severe and I can't move, I think, well, maybe tomorrow will be better. And that's what gets me through some of the things that I've gone through. And to me, hope is a big thing. If I don't have hope, then that's akin to letting the disease take over my body. Hope is my favorite four-letter word. How about you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed, too, Monica, that uh, did I see you do other forms of creative work, art, jewelry, things like that? Uh, yes, I do. I I kind of recycle used objects or, you know, old books and create. I've, I've made colon cancer angels. I've made angels for childhood cancer. They're book angels. I do jewelry of the same type, and it's just a creative outlet in addition to my writing. And is this stuff that you do for yourself, or do you do it uh, and sell it? I sell some of it. I've also given away quite a bit to, for raffles and things like that. So, I mean, it's just right now a hobby. I see. Is there a place where people can see some of this work online? Uh, yes, I have an Etsy store called Monica's Whimsies. Monica's Whimsies on Etsy. Mm -hmm. Speaking of online, where else can people find you online, Monica? 
Well, I'm also on Twitter as Whimsy Cancer. I'm on Instagram as Whimsy the Blue Cancer Fairy. I also have my blog through my writer's page, Dream of Hope, Whisper of Darkness. And I think that's pretty much it right now. <laughs> that's all, huh? <laughs> yeah, and my two Facebook pages. So Great. Well, I've really enjoyed uh, what you've shared online and uh, just j your approach and, and how you look at, at life. And, and I know and I want to be respectful of the fact that there are days that that's probably really, really hard to do. But uh, I look at you and, and what you're doing as an inspiration. And I believe that you are providing hope for others. So thank you for that. Thank you for saying that. It does mean a lot. Well, I appreciate you spending some time with us on the show. Uh, I wish you lots and lots of good days, and may those good days outnumber the ones that are not so good, all right? Thank you very much. It's time for Ask the Doctor, where your questions about colorectal cancer are answered by Dr. Laura Porter. Dr. Porter is the medical advisor and senior patient advocate for the Colon Cancer Alliance. Dr. Laura, how are you today? Very good, Lee. How are you? I'm doing well. So my question today is about genetic testing. What is the difference between genetic testing and tumor testing? And should I have these tests done? Well, this is a very timely question for me. Um, and uh, it, has been, it has become very complicated in the last few years and very important with the changing treatment landscape. Let's start with genetic testing. This testing is done using blood and looks at your genes and the genes you receive from your parents and can pass on to your children. For uh, colorectal cancer, microsatellite instability is the most important because it could indicate a familial cancer syndrome like Lynch syndrome, which puts you at risk for other uh, types of cancer also. At a recent meeting I attended on inherited uh, colorectal cancer, the main point I picked up was this. Have genetic testing done if you were diagnosed under the age of 45, no matter how long ago you were diagnosed. Uh, they have so much more information, so many new um, genetic variants that they can look at. And this can determine, you know, your likelihood of passing things on to your children or, or what your siblings may need to look for. So that's genetic testing. Now, tumor testing is also called genomics. So genomics testing look at the specific mutations in each tumor. So clinical trials are being done in what's called baskets now, which is treating cancers based on the specific mutations in each tumor, not on the type of cancer. So it is important to note that new metastases could have different mutations than the original tumors. So oftentimes the new tumors need to be tested also. So appropriate treatment will be chosen. So when you go to look for a clinical trial, if you know that you have a BRAF mutation, you can put that in and it will come up with a list of trials for that BRAF mutation. So this would be the benefit of knowing um, your genomics and your genetics. That's very helpful. Dr. Laura, thank you so much. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast presented by Coloplast. And thank you to our sponsors, Coloplast, H2ORS, and Exact Sciences for your support. The Colon Cancer Podcast is a proud sponsor of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer. Thanks for listening to the Colon Cancer Podcast presented by Coloplast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. To subscribe to the podcast, please visit thecoloncancerpodcast.com forward slash subscribe. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. Again, that's ccalliance.org. Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone.